Thanks to the sponsor of today's episode, Hatch. You guys know I invest with Hatch and something I've mentioned before is Hatch Weekly, the newsletter sent straight to my inbox. I don't often keep a close eye on investing news, so this really helps me to improve my general knowledge. Are you a sustainable investor? Well, if that is something that you are becoming increasingly interested in, like me, you might find it relevant to know what is happening amongst the oil and gas industry. ExxonMobil, oil and gas corporation available on Hatch, had shareholders vote for two new directors on the board. They actually announced a 17% increase in carbon emissions late last year, which in this day and age is simply just not good enough. You can have your say as an investor with Hatch because you get shareholder voting rights on any whole shares you own. I love this because you can truly invest in what you value and believe in. In other news, Squarespace, the website builder running a million and one YouTube ads that you've probably seen, went public last month. A pretty exciting milestone considering the company started with only one employee for the first two years of operation. If you are ready and want to get started investing with Hatch, there's a link in my bio to sign up where you can grab an extra $20 NZD top up when you make your first deposit of $100 NZD or more. How good? Thanks so much to Hatch for supporting the podcast. Let's get on with the episode. Hey guys, and welcome to The One Up Project. We're simplifying all things finance and lifestyle in a relaxed environment. It's all just a bit of fun, so be sure to keep listening and let the content be a catalyst for your own self-improvement. Hi everybody, welcome back to another episode of the One Up Project podcast. Today we have Kali Emery, uh, you are a financial advisor, one of two founders of The Money Men, you're the business helping Kiwis be better with money, which um, means we're very much aligned. <laughs> um, not only do you guys focus on providing financial advice, but you're both very much passionate about helping people actually understand their money situation in a way that is relevant to them. You also have a lead segment on the Rock FM helping Kiwis, which is also really unique um, for financial advisors and something that I think is super cool. So thank you so much for your time and jumping on the podcast. How are you? I'm fantastic. Thank you for having me. More than welcome. Um, so I thought we'd start off with a bit of an intro to you and a bit about yourself. So what's, I guess, your financial story and why you wanted to become a financial advisor in the first place? That's a lot to unpack yeah, really quickly, let's do isn't it? it? <laughs> Um, my financial story is, well, as broad as any's, I guess, um, as broad as anyone. So I left school pretty early, um, wasn't really for me, got into the workforce, figured out, uh, that I love making money. Um, so that became my ambition really, really quickly, you know, like any young fella, you just think you're going to be a millionaire by a certain age and all you have to do is work hard and um, dress cool and all the rest of it. Uh, And then I was lucky enough to... Oh, so so I started working in the corporate environment in the automotive industry. And then I was lucky enough to meet someone who became a little bit of a mentor. Mm. Um, We actually hired him where I was in the automotive industry and he'd spent a long time uh, around the world as a quite a high-powered executive uh, collected the type of car that we were specialists in, um, got bored when he moved back to New Zealand to have his start his family at 50 years old, came and worked for us, like within weeks started managing us naturally. Um, and then we got along really well. He basically just led me away from the corporate environment. We started a business, uh, then we sold that business. 
and at that point I had been introduced to a financial advisor um, really really lucky so so grateful that I was at such a young age um, and when we sold that business I had no idea what I was going to do with my life I just had a big lump sum sitting there uh, and then I was offered a job as a financial advisor it was kind of like a well what are you going to do now mm. no idea hopefully come up with the next big mastermind idea to make myself that millionaire I've always wanted to be um, and the response was well come work for me and I'll teach you the sector effectively uh, and I said yes yeah, sweet I know nothing about it keen I'll jump in I'll learn um, this guy's pretty cool he drives a cool car he's all the rest of it ticks those boxes for a young ambitious color who wanted to make all the money in the world um, and that's how I became a financial advisor. And I've heard this sort of story on a similar story on It's No Secret before when you went on that podcast. Yeah. And then I heard you touch on there as well that you started a business and sold a business. So just side note, what was that like? And yeah, how was that experience? Yeah, that was, um, well, an experience really packed into one word. It was, I didn't really know what I was doing. I was taking the lead from um, that guy I just mentioned who quickly became a mentor. Uh, it was really exciting. It was really, really fast moving, mm. which I guess I appreciated at the time because I just thought, wow, I'm going to be successful if this is how it all works. Not really understanding the value that um, this guy had mm. uh, or was, was sharing with me. So... Um, Really lucky to have some like incredible direction, built that all up, sold it a lot faster than initially th um, my initial ambition. So my big plan was, well, our big plan, you know, was build this up for and work on it for five odd years, leasing it back to XYZ. And then within like eight to nine months, we got an offer from an overseas uh, establishment. Mm. that could use it and I asked this other guy so what what does that mean he said well that's way more than I thought uh, it would be worth like after two years so we're going to take it and I thought right. okay well I'm not going to argue yeah <laughs> and that's what happened wow yeah so it was a bit of a roller coaster I've I've, I've started and sold other businesses since then yeah but nothing quite like that mm. it probably shows the importance of a mentor and having good people around you that can teach you those things massively if yeah. there's one lesson i learned uh well that i have learned in the last decade it's that you need to surround yourself and the right people no matter as a business owner if you for example don't have a good accountant life's going to be a lot harder than if you do have a good accountant and i guess that can be transferred into any um position yeah. You know what I mean? For sure. Mm. And previous to that, were you always responsible with money? Were you the picture-perfect oh, no. financial advisor that we all think you guys are? <laughs> Before becoming Before one? Before becoming one, yeah. No way. I was an advisor's worst nightmare. <laughs> um, I was like any young Kiwi bloke who wanted to spend his money on cars. And There's definitely a patch of life I live paycheck to paycheck. Um We've all been there. Yeah, we've all <laughs> been there. And I learned a lot of lessons along the way as well. Um, those months where, in a corporate environment especially, those months where you just blow out and you spend two weeks eating mm. nothing. 
uh, and then those months that you don't blow out and you realize how much you have the ability to save. Yeah. Uh, whether you apply that knowledge immediately is a different story. But um, so, no, to answer your question, I was definitely not the perfect <laughs> financial specimen growing up. It's interesting in the corporate space as well because were you getting paid monthly? Yeah. Yeah, that's a really hard concept to grasp when you just jump out of your uni job or whatever, getting paid weekly. Being paid wages. Eh? Yeah. It was um, it was a huge transition yeah. that I didn't even begin to try and manage. It mm. just happened. Yeah. And, I mean, I remember the pain I had after my first payday because I was like, what? That's in my bank account right now? Yeah. I must have been like 18 or 19 or yeah. something. I was like, holy hell. And I remember the next day me and one of my best mates went – to the city and I spent like 80% of it yeah, on the most ridiculous stuff like just just clothes shopping and that sort of stuff and then a big boozy lunch and love that though <laughs> oh it was like I think I went to my old man um I think I was I must have been 19 mm. and I went to my old man after like a week after payday and I was like this is the situation mm. I've learned my lesson but I need help yeah yeah and he's like yeah I'm not giving it to you. <laughs> sort it out yourself. So I ate noodles for three weeks. Yeah. Well, yeah. And then you learn your lesson, so it's fine. Big time. And so you didn't even, so you didn't go, would go to university apart from the studying you did with financial, to become a financial advisor or did you do a degree as well? No. Yeah. That's so, interesting. That's yeah. cool. Yeah. So, I mean, I, I always juggled the idea mm. um, and I think later in my high school years, my parents were kind of directing me that way i <laughs> yeah. just like i didn't get on with school that well yeah so i didn't see a big i didn't see value in doing doing more of it mm. um and i don't regret it to be completely honest i know that's not what we're here to talk about is it but no but uh, i think it's a good thing to touch on because i did and i think if i didn't i wouldn't have regretted it either yeah so. i don't i mean yeah it definitely wasn't for me and i know I have some great friends who have spent a long time at uni yeah. and absolutely loved it and yeah. don't regret a single thing. I think it's good to, to understand, though, if it is your thing or isn't. Big time. Because a lot of people will just go because their parents tell them to or it seems like the best opportunity. That's it. Traditionally, we're kind of taught. Yeah. Well, when I was going through that, that's how I felt anyway. We're taught to, um, that university is the next step. And yeah. after uni, you'll get your good job and yeah. life will be pretty sweet. Just stay between yeah. the lines don't want to say I was a troublemaker during my youth, but I definitely didn't stay between the lines. Yeah, right. And I think it was one of those, it was a classic case for me anyway, that the more I heard you should be going to uni, the more I didn't, didn't want go. to. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, like I said, don't regret it. Nice. And um, I think I've learned some pretty valuable lessons outside of it anyway. And I think you're right when it comes to, leaving uni and then you're sort of told oh you'll get this awesome job and then you'll be getting paid so much when you leave uni and that's just not the case and we become really overwhelmed and stressed and so on that leading into the conversation about money seamless segue very seamless how do we overcome that financial anxiety or stress that pretty much probably everyone experiences when it comes to money (laughs) in one word (laughs) yeah um no probably i mean the one key Factor, I think, is preparation, right? Mm. So it's having a plan. Um, because if you have a plan and that plan can, even if it's a small little bit of um, small little piece, there's always going to be light at the end of the tunnel because you have a direction. Mm. And I think 
a lot of that financial stress specifically is caused by the unknown. So yeah, it's hard. Where how am I going to pay this bill or whatever it might be? Um, we have a tendency, traditionally, New Zealanders, uh, to shy away from it, head in the sand, would way rather not talk about that hard discussion mm. um, or have that hard discussion. Instead, let's ignore it and hope it goes away. Maybe one yeah. out of ten times it will go away by some miraculous tax refund or <laughs> something. But nine times out of ten, it's not. And the only way to get on top of that stress or that anxiety from my personal uh, perspective is to plan for it yeah well sit down get your statement of position and then figure out where to from there yeah because my next thought was that with this anxiety and stress comes a lot of procrastination and I have <laughs> friends who will just live within their means because they can and that suits them but yeah. there's no actually like long-term thinking and I think it's a lot of they don't want to even address the situation because yeah. it does overwhelm them so what would you say the best practical steps we can take to stop procrastinating to take ownership of that that money story? That's a hard one because it's mm. case by case, right? It depends on the personality. What, that's what I've found anyway. But I think going back to that point um, earlier is surround yourself with the right people. Like just have a discussion, even if it doesn't have to be an advisor. But yeah, <laughs> and no one wants to hear this, but you need to face the harsh reality sometimes. Yeah. Um, ending procrastination is like, that is, if someone figures it out, that's a gold mine. That's a hard one to answer. So my, I mean, I'm a big, I believe in, in preparation. Yeah. So if you can sit down and plan, well, not plan, but understand something, mm. then at least you know there's a footpath to follow mm. rather than just running blind. Totally. Does I, that make sense? Yeah. And I think there's also, with procrastination, and especially when it comes to money, I talked about it in a recent an episode a while ago and I described it as like a bell curve. Like if you can just get over that hump at mm. the top, it's all downhill and easy from there on out. You've just got to have the plan and the proactiveness to actually go and make that plan first. But That's exactly it. To get over that part can yeah. be quite hard for people. So because no one can see the end result, there's like this all this what if in between yeah. and it's the most frightening thinking. Um, like we don't want to look at how bad the situation could be. Mm. Um, but as soon as you do look at it and you think, okay, it isn't 10 steps to get to where I need to be. It's only eight. Mm. Like, all right, that's immediate progress. Yeah. Or potentially only five steps and then you achieve the first step and so on. Yeah. So I think that's, yeah, it's just your state, what we call our statement of position, like understanding where you are mm. at that stage. Um, would probably be the first step to getting rid of that procrastination. Yeah, totally. And I have people who will message me sometimes and say, what's the easiest way to save the most money over time? And I think like, well, first of all, it's going to depend on who you are and your personal situation, that kind yeah. of thing. But also it's all about trying to do things the quickest and the easiest way. And you talking about the harsh reality just remind me that, yeah, you actually do have to take ownership over your own financial situation mm. if you're going to do it all on your own. Like you have to have some sort of proactive fiber in your being to actually get up and start doing something. You have about to start, it. right? Yeah. You can't just sit there and wait for things to happen. Mm. Uh, and I think again, it's just like a looking if history shows us anything. Us as a nation, we haven't been great with money. It's like our the, the extent of our financial literacy has been yeah 
all right, you've earned something, and it's usually from our parents. Well, from like my generation onwards, anyway, it's been here's your paycheck. You save your money, and that means you're good with money, and that's kind of where it ends. It's mm. not let's be smarter with our money. This mm. is how interest works, or mm. you know, if I think if interest, the concept of interest was taught in high school to the masses, not just those who select um, economics or yeah. accounting, um, yeah. we would be in a much better place. I totally agree. I think there's a bit of a conversation around motivation that can come into that too. And something you touched on when you were um, at the webinar I hosted to do with different parts of financial literacy was having a plan and then an actual purpose to to why you're saving why you're budgeting mm. do you think that is that purpose ties in to the motivation really closely oh massively yeah like number one probably mm. because without that purpose it's like anything right if we don't have a reason to do something we, it's, it's very unlikely that we'll do it mm. no matter what it is and then so it's the exact same for money so i always tell my clients or help them create or help them understand their purpose because they usually already have one. Yeah, They just don't know how to uncover it or what that looks like in short form. Mm. Um, but I guess buying property is probably a relative um, purpose or quite a common one at the moment. It's So for every dollar you're spending on something that you kind of know you shouldn't be, that's a dollar out of that property fund, right? So mm. it's just about creating that why for every every penny. I agree. And I think I've tried to do that this year specifically as well because for me, the saving for the first home goal never excited me. Yeah. And I really struggled with that because I was like, everyone's saving for their first home and I'm looking around and all these young people buying their first home and getting on the property ladder, but that just doesn't excite me. So trying to find a goal that did was really important. And to me at the moment, it's building up my portfolio, yeah. investing in the share market. And so that's been really exciting to me. Mm-hmm. And whether it's index funds or whatever you're investing in, at least you have that goal and that purpose you're moving towards and that's exciting to you. Like I like investing. I'll put my tax refund money, I'll put whatever spare money I have into it because that is motivating. Absolutely. And it's human nature, I think. We are des- like we're designed to enjoy achievement yeah. and progress. And so without having any direction or an end goal of some sort yeah you can't measure that progress or you can't feel like you're making or going the right direction yeah so there's something like growing your portfolio is a perfect one because it's quite easy to measure Mm. um the property one (laughs) it's an interesting one because the goalposts seem to keep moving but um, (laughs) yeah that's true but yeah so i mean like the bottom line is you just have to understand and I guess my the one tip I have for people if they want to go and do it immediately is like just 101, get a piece of paper, think about what big ticket item you want to spend your money on and then you can reverse engineer it from there. Because mm. usually, I mean, most commonly we see, I mean, yeah, property is a really big one, super relevant. Um, the next holiday or a car or paying off a tax bill or whatever it is. Yeah, It's quite easy to reverse engineer once you have the... A, a certain goalpost. Yeah, definitely. And there are so many things in the the personal finance space that we need to consider. I think that can really overwhelm. I know people in my audience because 
it's not only just sorting out your budgeting it's then oh KiwiSave is a thing what scheme am I in what provider am I with and then you got to think about investing scheme. what's I hate the word scheme, <laughs> scheme. <laughs> I hate it too I actually hate the word scheme too um but yeah then I've got to start investing what do I invest in there's just so many parts to it it feels especially when you're new to it and mm. so how would you prioritize what we should learn about and then I guess put our time into how would you prioritize yeah it? um again case by case but mm. and i mean oh that's all these questions are just so good sarah um, <laughs> what can i say <laughs> oh my mind's just running um how do you prioritize it so budgeting or money management we like to call it budgeting is another one of those words it's, yeah it's that's just very true old classic yeah um high school annotations but i would say kiwi i mean kiwi save is a great place to start and the reason i think it's a great place to start for New Zealanders anyway. Well, only New Zealanders have keys ever, but um, is it's effectively share market investing, right? And a lot of people, especially in the last 12 months, have been more interested in share market investing. Mm. Um, so KiwiSaver is, you've already got KiwiSaver. You can learn a lot from KiwiSaver. And by learning how KiwiSaver works, you're uh, autonomously learning how the share market works yeah. to a certain degree, of mm-hmm. course. But it's like a, it's like 10 lessons in one immediately and you've already got it at your fingertips. I had a conversation with a client this morning actually about his KiwiSaver and it's like he just had, he got referred to me from another client and just said X told me to ring you and talk about KiwiSaver because he's had a great um, experience. Uh, can you just kind of walk me through it? And it's like, oh, well, what do you know? He was like, oh, nothing. Mm. I know I'm with my bank. It's like, cool, this is what I think you should do based on you wanting to buy property at this age, blah, 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 blah. And he was like, uh, his response was, oh, sweet. So does that mean like I just start a new KiwiSaver fund? It's like, no, that means your KiwiSaver fund gets transferred to a new provider. He's like, well, what's a provider? And it's like, Okay, maybe I'm cutting corners on my advice here. So I was like, let's let's sit down and really like nut this out. Mm. And over twenty minutes, he was like, "Holy hell! Like I had no idea I was investing. I just thought it was like a savings account that the bank had." It's like, yeah, oh. that's so sad. Yeah, and it kind of puts me on my like it puts me on my back foot, and I think, what's my process look like, and where do I start with people? Yeah, because it just really outlines the difference of like the difference in. Um, in literacy mm, absolutely that's the whole reason i started the podcast was because someone said to me what kiwi server provider are you with and i said what's a kiwi server provider yeah and then they took it like they went through it with me and i was thinking whoa i've been missing out on returns and like heaps of things i could have known before so yeah yeah i totally agree so you would start with kiwi saver as a general rule yeah well i think as a general rule definitely because 95 percent of us have it Mm. you know especially younger generations yeah um so it's an easy place to start you don't have to go and try and recreate the wheel you've Mm. already got it you've got x thousands of dollars in there yeah that you can learn about Mm. instead of going to try and find a whole bunch of literature and new products and then trying to reverse engineer that but Mm. because side note to that when it comes to the budgeting and all the money management conversation I feel sometimes it can get even too far the other end where people have all these different crazy methods like they're following the barefoot investor method or they're doing this and they're doing that. They've got different ways that they're saving. 
do you think it has to be like that or it can just be as simple as you have a savings account and you have a spending account? It can be. I mean, my rule of thumb is just understanding um, your outgoings. Right. Like run your life like a business, right? So mm. here's my income. Here's my outgoings. Rule of thumb is my outgoings can't be more than my income. Mm. You know, there are so many methods and Scott's, uh, the Barefoot Investors one is quite good, the bucket system yeah. or the tap system. Or, uh, I'm a big believer in that because it yeah. gives people quite a good framework. Yeah. It's it's detailed but not too complicated, mm. if that makes sense. And then there's the, um, oh, I just had one in my head and then I thought about something else. <laughs> um, I started thinking about debt, killing debt. Um, yeah, Avalanche and Snowball. Avalanche and Snowball. That's a classic one which seems to work. Yeah. And my rule of thumb when trying to get rid of debt is pay your most expensive one first okay so you do it by which one is that this avalanche, avalanche. yeah so um, not the highest the, interest first uh yep so highest interest oh so, so that's the okay. most expensive right rather, rather than, than the, the biggest, biggest sum yes okay yeah. of course uh and the reason being is it's going to cost you more yeah right so um yeah does that make sense yeah that makes sense. i almost sense. forgot what the question was <laughs> um i just said do you think it has to be complicated in terms of like having a barefoot investor method versus just having a savings and a oh, right, spending yeah. account? <laughs> no, it doesn't have to be complicated. Yeah. I mean, the oh, the pay yourself first method was the mm. other one I was about to talk about. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> right. um, which is a really, really powerful method if people really struggle to save mm. on the other end because it prioritizes the saving. Like it, that is first, like it's a bill. Yeah. If you think about saving as a bill, you owe it. And if you don't pay it, you're in debt. But this is why you have to do the research for yourself. You can't just say, oh, it is case by case. So, and I know like general, to answer your question, generally it doesn't have to be as complicated as it's all made out yeah. to be. It's really as simple as less outgoings than income. Yeah. And that's it. Cause the leftover is savings. Yeah. You can put that to whatever you want to be. Yeah. Cool. So if you were to start from scratch again with your money, like working in your first full-time job and having savings, how would you begin in order to become financially secure? If you're starting with zero, what would you put in place? Oh, have a plan, mm-hmm. a budget, um, 100%. Because, oh, I don't even want to think about where I might be <laughs> financially if I didn't spend that first big paycheck on all those clothes that I probably wore once or twice. Mm. Um, where would I start? Yeah, definitely just having a plan, understanding what it is I want out of my money. Um, if I knew what I knew now when I was 18, I, I'm pretty comfortable to say I'd be a pretty financially secure fella. Um, and on top of that, probably look at investing earlier. Mm. Putting my money in smarter places. Under that investing umbrella would come KiwiSaver as well. Oh, 100%. Yeah. 100%. Um, I only look at KiwiSaver as an investment account. Mm. Um, that's c- a, contrary it's, to its name, I guess. Yeah. That's how people should look at it, though. Mm. And I feel like often it's separated, but you should see it as the same thing because that's what it is. Absolutely. So. Like some people, so they're, they're all returning, right? All mm. KiwiSaver funds are returning. Some are returning two, three, four percent. Some are returning twelve, fifteen percent, and that's a huge difference over a depending on your investment term. Yeah. Let's say that's thirty years. That's well, 
depending on what starts in there and how much you put in every year, but it's it's a hundred it's hundreds of thousands of difference, mm. you know. And people have no idea because Kiwi it's it's badly named. It really is, yeah. but um, it is a, it's an investment fund. Mm. Like there's just no two ways about it. Should it. just be Kiwi Invest. It should be named that something that isn't saver. That's for yeah. sure. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Cool. And are there any money hacks? that you've learned over your time that could help people work, be smarter, um, work smarter, not harder with their money? Debt. Mm. Definitely. Pay your most expensive one first. That's a hack. 100%. KiwiSaver, just look at it. That's a hack. <laughs> <laughs> um, and then... Oh, I keep going back to that purpose. Like if you have a purpose for your money, we find it so powerful and that's one of the first steps we take our clients through in our process is creating the purpose for the for their money. Otherwise, it's kind of just following a track to nowhere. Yeah. Um, because that, that one, like you said, said earlier, it creates instant motivation and two, it creates direction. Like that's, that's the biggest hack I can share mm. is having a purpose. And it seems so simple. Mm. Um, but we've just seen the results from like our clients, from people who are even people who aren't our clients, but are on the same sort of pathway. Yeah, it's just like if they don't have the purpose, it's just you're just living life paycheck to paycheck, right? There's no there's no greater why. Yeah, that's the biggest hack. I wish I could give you something more complicated and financial, but there's just like that's just it's the most powerful one. But it really is. is that simple as well. And mm. that's the, the problem is I think people feel like there's all these little secrets and things that <laughs> yeah. people can do to get more ahead than another person, but it's just not true. Yeah, big time. And when I come on like these podcasts and stuff and it's like, I want to be Mr. Finance and talk in giant language. No, I don't because I don't know any of the words. You want to give good advice, right? Yeah. And you want to be an expert, but reality is like it's not that complicated you just have to sit down and start yes. and that's why i think that purpose is such a powerful tip because mm. that's a great place to start and then the re- like it's following your feet after that so what in your p- opinion defines someone who's financially secure great question someone who's financially secure from my perspective is someone who doesn't have to look at their bank account every time they swipe their card mm-hmm. um and someone who when they get into bed, um, doesn't stare at the ceiling for three hours thinking about how they're going to pay the rent or pay the next mortgage. Mm. So in short form, someone is prepared. Yeah, that's a really good way to describe it. <laughs> Not staring at the ceiling for three hours. We've all been there. But yeah, that's how I would explain yeah. financially secure, right? Is not, not worrying about it. Not Yeah, I mean, we've all had sleepless nights thinking... I've got to do something about this bill that's coming up because I've ignored it for too long and it's starting to creep up. Who do I have a conversation with? Where do I begin? Um, so someone who is just prepared for that kind of stuff mm. and it all points back to money management and having that purpose, Exactly. funnily enough. So if we, if we can't get on top of our financial situation alone, mm-hmm. how would you go about seeking help? The how, the who, what, why, how would we approach that? Because I think often when you listen to things about financial literacy, you're smacked with a disclaimer that you should go and see a financial advisor if you want personalised advice. But that doesn't seem relatable. Or like how to, you know, what does that mean? Yeah, so it's not 
it, it's not overly accessible yeah i guess um and it's hard to apply that mm. so this is a really interesting one my what's my response to that <laughs> i definitely think have a conversation with someone not necessarily an advisor um but i i relate this conversation back to the whole mental health conversation like i think they go hand in hand and there's some 100%. incredible statistics out there about mm. how they how the two um correlate yeah but even if it's a like we shouldn't be embarrassed about these sorts of things we all have money we all well we all have an income and we all have expenses no human is any different so you probably have a mate who has just had some good advice from a parent or an uncle or whatever and has managed to get on top of things they might be able to share one or two tips or a relative or a work colleague or whoever mm. have a conversation with someone to begin because more it's more likely than not you'll get some direction out of that and even if the conversation after that becomes an advisor and then personal advice goes from there that's fa- that's a fantastic result mm. um, there's also some great uh, resources online um, sorted classic they've been around forever still great content still great advice or great tips not advice um some great podcasts as you know Mm. um yeah just go and dig in yeah like that's the just i guess if you've come to a realization that you need to do something then doing anything is great yeah right coming to that realization is probably the hardest step goes back to that procrastination and the head in the sand because we no one wants to see the bad result on the other side. Mm. Um, but without taking that first step and having that first conversation and writing down some purpose, then that bad result's just going to get worse and worse. Yeah. And you're not going to be able to make it better unless you start, right? Mm. Like anything. Yeah. I found in my very short experience in the financial literacy space that often the same there's the same fundamental like fundamental general rules for different things when it comes to KiwiSaver investing like similar themes and patterns of information the right information or whatever is (laughs) always being given out yeah and so I think you start to know that the more you research into the stuff and then also it's important to get a range of perspectives so like you said you might talk to your friend or your uncle one or two tips yeah. from all of those people and if you can get a massive range you can then actually make an unbiased I suppose a reflection or opinion on your own money situation mm. and then go from there so again yeah it comes back to the same sort of themes but actually taking the first step and doing it yeah just getting different perspectives like you say so like if you said I'm it wasn't always this way but my close friends group or my mates that I like grew up with um, we've all been through similar journeys. We've all made good money, good enough money, probably at a t- too early, and spent everything. Um, learned our lessons from that, and we would never talk about that mm. at, at the young age, you know, between eighteen and twenty-two, three, whatever. Now we will sit around a giant table with a beer and just talk about money, and just talk about how. Well, the lessons we've learned and how or a great result we might have had recently, whether it be investing or um, killing debt or whatever, you know, mm. case by case. But 
So you'll get so many different perspectives by people that are close to you and you probably don't even know it. Yeah. So without, and someone has to initiate that conversation and the feedback we get then more often than not, it's like dominoes. As soon as one, one person starts talking about it, it's just everyone wants to get involved, but who's, so who's going to break the ice? Yeah. Um, so yeah, like you said, different perspectives. And then once you collate a whole bunch of perspectives, then you start getting excited. Then you can talk to specialists in each area. So mm. like KiwiSaver, for example, go and talk to a unaligned advisor, mm. you know, um, and unaligned is probably a key word there. Mm. You don't want any biased information, but because you can ask the more KiwiSaver specific questions. Yeah. And those, that's all detail. Mm yeah cool that's great any final words of wisdom before we conclude the app i really appreciate wisdom's a, a bit of a push <laughs> um, surely <laughs> yeah i've got words <laughs> um i would say just get started like without complicating it i've done these and i've tried to make a big complex answer and i've listened to them and heard the same and thought the hell does that mean but just get started like don't be afraid of it um look at what you've got financially going on income expenses investments and then um build a plan and just start moving yeah like that's it's really that easy yeah because there's no wrong or right Mm. you know it's just you're either doing it or you're not doing it and find what you care about like what that purpose actually yeah the purpose is huge um definitely find the purpose and I, I well like i said earlier that's a great place to start yeah. if anyone is sitting there wondering i would love to start but how yeah it's like just write down a purpose for your money yeah and what you want out of the next 10 years maybe yeah financially yeah. and then once you have a clear idea then someone's going to be able to help you build some steps to get there mm. yeah i think it's also important that people don't feel this pressure that they need to have this massive goal of owning a huge home or mm. you know one of my friends we sat down and so they just got me to help them out with their money the other day because I'm the friend that does that and um <laughs> they were like one of them was like I just don't want to think about the long term you know so I have no motivation to save no big purpose I was like that's fine what does excite you and she was like oh, I just want to go on a holiday and I was like, cool, that's the goal. And that was the purpose. And that is her purpose now. And I think yeah. that's totally fine because there's no point forcing yourself to really care about something when you don't because it's not going to work. Yeah, Com- completely agree. And that's that. Mm. Yeah, that's purpose. And that's progress too. Mm. Um, she, I mean, she might have had that holiday without actually making that plan. But mm. who knows when? Yeah. And who knows whether it would be a comfortable holiday or, you know, as you're getting on the plane, you're on the way home you're spending your last six bucks because you've just kind of <laughs> yeah. got a paycheck and taken off um yeah. the next two months is probably going to be a bit of a challenge mm. versus preparing for it over three months and having a holiday and having money left over yeah you know there's two ways to do everything yeah um and i guess it comes down to comfort versus discomfort rather than right or wrong mm. um but back to that buying a house thing i mean there's a a lot of societal pressure or it seems like there is to buy property or buy your first home like you said earlier a whole bunch of young people out there buying their first home which is awesome like um head off to them but it doesn't mean it's for everybody and i think a lot of a lot of people in specifically younger generation look at this happening and think what am i doing wrong and why is that not me and how you know how do i get there should i be buying a house now everyone seems to be buying it before 30 or whatever 
I looked at a stat the other day. I think the average first home buyer in New Zealand's 30s, oh, 34 or 36. It's one of hmm. those two. But I can't remember. It was a lot um, older, older than, than I thought. Yeah. Uh, which is really, really interesting. But For some reason, I'd have it in my head that it would be like 24. I think yeah. that's just because that's all I'm seeing. So I just Well, that's an audience thing, yeah. right? And like if you look at your social media and who you follow, mm. how many people are 35 and upwards versus how many are yeah, you know, pure so volume. Yeah. Um, Good point. And there's so many variables to so many people getting into property. Like have they had help or have, well, you know, maybe they have, maybe they haven't. Who knows? The important thing there is not to compare it with your own situation. Mm. Um, I've been having more conversations so many more conversations over the last like maybe three months on with people who just say i don't think property is for me like it just seems so gnarly and way too hard and i don't want to spend 1.3 million dollars on a two-bedroom 400 square meter shit box uh just to tick a box you know and it's like cool well let's look at your kiwi server then over the time frame since you're not going to use it on property and of course that makes a huge difference because compound um takes hold and that ends up being some ridiculous amount of money but the point there is i guess that's not the only way Mm. right Uh, and i think that's becoming more more of a conversation this year anyway definitely Mm. cool which is exciting yeah because variables not everyone trying to achieve the same thing yeah and for no real reason, just because that's what they've been told to do. Exactly. Yeah. No, I couldn't agree more. That's awesome. Thank you so much for your time. Where can the people find you? The people. The people of the pod. <laughs> um, on our website or our social, probably. I've been. We've been pretty slack on our social, to be honest. I shouldn't be talking it down. But <laughs> at um, the Money Men, right? Yeah, at Money Men NZ. At Money Men NZ. Um, and we are picking up the activity on there we've just moved office as you know mm. and we've just been hiring and all sorts so yeah inquire if you are looking for a job yeah if <laughs> there are any loan writers or mortgage brokers listening who want a job with some good people and me mm. um then hit us up cool because we are very excited about that i was about to say desperate but <laughs> like that doesn't paint a good picture does it um you can be both. <laughs> <laughs> but thanks for having me. Disclaimer time. So, the One Up Project is an educational platform providing information that is general in nature and has no intention of being financial advice. There may be opinions or an individual's experience within this resource that should not be considered as recommendations or personal advice. Everyone's financial situation is so different, and you must use the information provided within the podcast at your own risk. Please complete your own due diligence before making any financial decisions based on the information within this resource. I'm not a qualified, registered or authorised financial advisor and if you require legal, financial or other expert advice, you should seek assistance from a professional advisor. Thanks guys. All right, guys, thank you so much for listening. I really hope you were able to take something valuable away. Um, Be sure to subscribe and keep up with the socials for further episodes at The One Up Project and I'll catch you on the next one.